thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. Um, it, it really does mean a lot to, I'm just trying to find my questions. <laughs> it really does mean a lot to have you here. Um, to just be able to chat, talk about, um, your career and what it is that you do, I think, creatively. Uh, but I just want to start mm-hmm. off by asking how you're doing and how you're feeling and how this year has been. I know we're kind of like half year through it, but like halfway through it, but like yeah. how's it been and how are you? I'm great. I mean, I mean, all things considered, if you're from Zimbabwe, like all things considered, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, I think things are are. I guess okay. I keep on saying okay, you know, because I guess that's the best way way to describe Zim. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I've been working on some stuff. Uh, new music. People have been asking me about my music, but I'm finally back in studio and I've been working on on a on an EP which is out this August. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that's fun. That sounds exciting. And what's what's that like? I know. So you're saying people have been asking what you're working on. Is that because you haven't done much lately or are they anticipating a much bigger, more intense project? Like what's been going on? I think the last solo project I released was like in 2020. That was literally my debut EP, Mushesha. I won a Zima for that, a Zimbabwe Music Award for that. And then... I dipped and I was no longer like on the scene. So yeah, people have been asking for music because I basically haven't really been putting music out. But I have been doing I over the years I was doing a few collaborations. So if anyone wants to ch- check those out, um I did one with everything linked <laughs> in the description for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. So yeah, there's one with DJ Nida. And a recent one with a DJ made her believe. So please do check those out. I mean, yeah. For sure, for sure. And I think, so my question would then be, um, was that the plan? What Was your plan to do your first major project and then take some time off? Or things happened? Mm, no, not not exactly. Actually, COVID happened. <laughs> no, COVID happened. You know, I mean, some artists were fortunate because everything was going digital um, to then, you know, use that as their launch pad. Mm-hmm. Some artists weren't as fortunate uh, to, to, you know, to thrive in that time. But um, I guess I thrived in a different way because I had the opportunity to like metamorphosize. That's the correct word, you know, man, hey, um, as, <laughs> as an artist, like, um, just discover who I I am even more without having the pressure of feeling like I need to release to make people feel invested. And I'm really the type of person who kind of cringes when I feel like I've released a project that um, I'm not 100% with. Mm. So it tends to be that way when you're, I call it the musical rat race, where you're trying to release so that you remain relevant. And COVID didn't give me that pressure. You know, I gave in and I was just like, you know what, we'll see it when I'm ready to release again. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to release again. <laughs> yeah. Really What's yeah. that feeling like, you know, just uh, a feeling of being far away from it for so long and then just like kind of coming back 
and being in touch with it and finding yourself and connecting with your art again? Like, how does that feel like? I was actually telling my mom during this process of recording and filming that I didn't realize how hectic my life used to be because I'm literally running out of emotional and mental stamina as a girl. Like, I like, I need, I need a break. I need a break. It's, it's a lot. And I think sometimes people think that being a creative, not just a musician is just like, Oh, you know, they put pen to paper and things come out or, you know, you just take, um, I don't know, a, a camera and we shoot. It's, it's much more than that to be able to develop something to the point where we're saying I'm giving it into my audience hands mm. to then critique or to accept yeah. is a really long process. Like um, some of the music I'm working on is music that I wrote two years back. And other than just being a songwriter, I'm also a composer. Mm-hmm. And I have this thing where I write or I do vocal impressions of how I want the music to sound like. And uh, going into the studio, you're working with producers. It's literally been a humbling um, experience where you feel like maybe the producer is not understanding mm. or maybe now you're rethinking what what you wrote. It's been a process because I've never really been through a process where things have to be gradual. I usually just get into the studio, record and I'm out. Mm. But this time around, I've literally had to sit and go through a song to get one song, one like three minute song to come to completion over like six, seven uh, studio sessions, wow. which is like six, six hours maybe in total. Mm. Actually, no, 12 hours in total. So uh, yeah, it's been hectic, but something all the same. That's the, those things you're talking about is the beauty of, then being able to sit down and have conversations like this because what we see yeah. is three minutes, right? What we see yeah. is only the three minutes, but the work that goes in behind the scenes, um, we, we don't see. I think then being able, uh, you being able to come out or other creators being able to come out and express and talk about what it's like behind the scenes, uh, helps us mm. appreciate the final product a lot more, you know? Uh, yeah. but you mentioned something very interesting about you being able to get into a studio. And then have the producer be on the same wavelength with you. Um, and I know mm-hmm. like for, it's, it's different for any kind of creative. I mean, if you're an artist, all you have is yourself, right? You just, you yeah. and your canvas. But if you're mm-hmm. a musician, if you're a producer, you guys need to gel. It's very important for you guys to be on the same wavelength. Uh-huh. So how difficult has it been for you? Uh, how important has it been? And what are some of the challenges, um, and victories you've had in then being able to, find producers that are on your um, wavelength and you can make, you know, yeah. brilliant piece of art. I, thank you for that question. I think it has been very difficult and I just need to stress, it's not because, you know, the producers that I'm working with are not great. They mm-hmm. are amazing. Like I think they're the creme de la creme, you know, of what we have here on this side. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, you know, uh, as far as music goes, you're just not an island, like you said, like with some um other art forms, it's just you and your canvas, you know. Mm-hmm. There's no one you really need to say, oh, this is how I envision it. But the thing is, nobody's in your head. And I'm definitely that artist. If I don't hear it as I as I imagine it and my 
my producers are so patient because I would tell you to go over it again and, and again, again, and again until yeah. I hear it the way I want to hear mm. it. So um, with that process as well, you know, it's it's really taught me artistic humility because at the same time, as much as I compose my own music, when I'm listening to f- feedback from my producer, it can be telling me like, you know, I know you want it to sound this way, but with the vibe you're going with, it's not going to sound that way. And to be able to take that input as well. So it's also been humbling because I've come from a place for very long where I've just, you know, said, you know, this is what I want and let's do it like this. <laughs> but it's also very humbling and it's also needed when you have producers who, who do give you feedback and tell you like, hey, I know you want it this way, but it's not going to come out that way because of A, B, C, and D. So, yeah, but it's been difficult. I don't know. It's can't be, it's can't be easy. Nothing can be easy, man, especially no. if, it's, if, if it's a craft, if, if the mission involves a lot of different individuals. You guys are coming from different, different backgrounds with different styles. And like you're mentioning, there's a certain way you want your uh, your soft sound or your final product sound. Um, so it's yeah. important, again, like you said, to be humble, to be patient, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, and to be a re- reasonable, mature uh, individual in that moment. Uh, but now that we start talking about, you know, styles and what you want to sound like, how would you describe your style? I remember, I think, just growing up and listening to you sing, you are always very different, different from everything that I'd ever heard growing up or that was around even until now, you know, I'm like, just like, it's so unique and it's so different. And how would you describe it if you asked to describe your style? I think I would describe my style as um, a blend of different cultural expressions. I think that's that's the best way. Mm. I think I'm just so inspired by different elements of who I am. Um, let me explain that where I come from, my my family is a boiling uh, pot of culture. Um, <laughs> okay. On my mom's side, uh, we are Barwe, uh, we are Shangani, we are Samanyika, we are Ndevele. On my dad's side, we are also Barwe, we are also Samanyika. And I think um, sometimes in our communities, they tell you you're either black or white. Yes. So it's like, if you're, if you're Shona, you're Shona, you know? You can't be Shona and also have Ndebele roots. You can't be Ndebele and also have Mozambican roots. Like we always tell people, you're one thing. But the thing about DNA is that, you know, our family lines, where we come from, there's a chain. Like you, you never know. You could go back and find that we have Arabic roots. And I think sometimes, I don't know what it is about a community, but we want to box people you into do. one thing. Yeah into one thing to the point where people can't express themselves. Mm. And I think also that breeds, you know, some of the issues that we even see today with tribalism and all those things. And I think what I want with my music is to just bridge that gap to show you that the West can fit in the African story and the African story also does deserve to be heard from the mouths of the African creative, just the way we give, you know, people from the West their opportunity to express themselves and their struggles and their experiences. 
through music. That's where my music comes in. That's why I'm so deliberate, like to bl- blend in, you know, some classical elements, your opera with, you know, tribal chants mm. and ETC and ETC because people really need to hear Africa for, you know, for what it is. Yeah. And, you know, I'm always there. <laughs> people always side, side eye me and I'm saying, when I say this, the world doesn't need another Beyonce. And what I mean by that is not that Beyonce is bad or anything. You know, I look up to her as well. You know, she's Mm. achieved so much. But I think what puts us in a rut, especially as African creatives, is that we are pursuing to tell other people's stories rather than our own. You know what I mean? We are trying to mimic a style that's not ours. And I mean, by all means, be inspired, but inspiration and imitation are two different things, you know. I can be inspired. Yeah, yeah. I can be inspired, you know, um, by Beyonce to be, you know, a better vocalist, a better performer, to be true to my word, but from an African perspective, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. So... I guess I went on a tangent there, but not even not at all, because it's definitely something <laughs> I've spoken about. Uh, a question that I've asked quite a lot as well. It's um, I think growing up, not growing up, but starting off as a creative myself, um, I was told to uh, find a niche. You know, kind of find one thing you're good at and focus on that. Um, mm. And I thought that was the only way because, you know, I'm listening to these people who I think have achieved so much and who probably know better. So let me do that. But I re- I felt so constricted by it. I felt like I could do so much more. And I've, I've seen mm-hmm. that diversity in you, you know, that ability to tap into uh, different type of sounds, different type of cultures mm. and be able to express them. Mm-hmm. Um, what I realized in the end uh, about finding a niche or diversifying and doing as much as you can is at the end of the day, the final product has to satisfy me. Yeah. At the end of the day, the final product has to satisfy me. So I think mm-hmm. in the beginning, I was trying to obviously grow, obviously reach uh, a wide net of people and probably do what people want. But mm-hmm. um, I think this is another interesting question. It's, you know, being in a space where you're creating, yeah, people love it, but you're yeah. not happy and you're not mentally satisfied. Like, and I know, especially <laughs> in the music industry, mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've seen it a lot, man. And I, I could list a bunch of people who have started uh, doing music and it's genuine and it's nice, but they change. And you're like, when did this person change? And it's because yeah, it demands that kind of stuff, yeah. that kind of music. And have you felt that? Have you seen that? Um, and what is it like being in the music industry actually when things like that happen? Um, you know, it's so funny because um, I've been having this conversation with my mom for the longest time. My mom is also my manager. Mm-hmm. And um, when I started, you know, I was always, I think with my journey, you know, people just assumed that, you know, I was discovered by Jar Praise and then my life just switched. I was I was singing before that time. I used to perform and have shows before I was, you know, known at that, you know, magnitude or that level. I don't know yeah. how to term it. But um 
I think being pushed into, I wouldn't say push, push is the wrong word, but my journey when I did get into MTM did make me feel like I was under pressure to please, Mm. to please and to sing um, music that, you know, appealed to the masses. And a part of me during that journey felt that um, I was doing myself a disservice Mm -hmm. because in ways I feel like I introduced people to a tashle that didn't even exist, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and as now, you know, with that chapter of my musical journey being closed, um, I left MTM in 2019. Um, I just said, you know what? I'm going to make the music that I was called to make. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because I want to please myself, but because that is what I have been called to make. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no point in fighting with it because there was a point at the time I could say for myself where I was literally depressed. I don't want to lie Mm. because, you know, you're like, not that there was anything wrong with some of the music that I sang back then. I love some of the music that I sang back then, but I felt that I was also just working at a 10th of what I could do, a 10th of what I wanted to do. And you ask yourself the question, okay, fine. If I have, you know, the hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers and streams um, with a musical product that I didn't want to share in the first place, what benefit is it to me as well? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. as much as I am, you know, sharing, you know, music is a business. We're not going to just jump over that. But at the same time, it's like kind of, being a drug dealer when you really want to be a pharmacist type of situation, <laughs> you know, and say, you, you know, it's you. business. I just need to push the drugs. What, what, but really you want to be a pharmacist and save lives. You know what I'm mm. saying? Yeah. And saying, so that's kind of the, the situation I was in. But now I'm in a place where I think people are just going to be so shocked. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm so ready for it because, um, Creation is a gift. If you're an artist, you're one of the most powerful people in the world. Whether you, um, you're a photographer, a writer, a dancer, because you have the power to control perception and you have the power to control emotion. That's power. And yeah. like I've discovered I'm actually very powerful beyond what I've actually accepted for myself. And I'm really ready to step into that power. I mean, people are going to be, some of you are going to think it's so strange, some of the music that I release, but you know, that's what I want to sing. We, we are ready for it. We are yeah. definitely ready for it. And I think I appreciate your artistry. I appreciate Thank you. things that aren't generic. Um, I very much detest the generic, the the copies of other people and you can tell you can tell that this sound we've heard before this style we've seen before and there's nothing wrong with that it's just not i don't i've appreciated already i don't <laughs> give me something fresh give me something new so i'm definitely yeah. like looking forward to what it is that you're working on 
mm-hmm. and you definitely have a backing. That's for sure. Um, Thank you. You mentioned something very interesting as well, is that uh, in as much as music is an art, it's also very much a business. And a big part mm-hmm. of that business, which is music, uh, is people consuming it. People need to consume it for it to be worth something. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mm-hmm. question then for you would be, uh, having yourself being elevated uh, to that magnitude by MTM and then choosing to leave, how did that affect your business in terms of the people who had seen this version of Taki in MTM and then seeing this new version of you? How did they react? How did they feel? And how did it affect your business, I guess? Sorry, Sorry you were breaking there. Do you want to take that again? Okay. So I was saying um, uh, music is a business as well. And a big part of that yeah. business is the people that consume it. And after having mm-hmm. been elevated by MTM to that magnitude and presenting mm-hmm. this version of Taifu, which you didn't want to take long term, uh, and then mm-hmm. people falling in love with that version, when you then mm-hmm. switched and started to pursue your true self, how did that affect the people that had followed you or grown to know you in that level? And how did it affect your mm-hmm. business and the following and things like that? Um, I think, you know what, in terms like of numbers, yeah, they did... Um, dip a bit because wow. you know mtm was like um how can i say i guess it like we were we fed off each other mm-hmm. you know and some of the people who were interested in me were not necessarily interested in me the artist but they were interested in my affiliation with other artists and you know i guess that's the sad thing about some um with these labels or some of these, um, how can I say some of these partnerships we enter Mm. into, um, because at the end of the day, especially with the commercial side of music, people just don't follow you because of the music. They follow you because of, you know, the perception uh, of your affiliation. And, you know, it's kind of sad with the journey that I've walked because, you know, some people wrote me off the minute I was out the gate um, with MTM. And it's just not with listeners. It's even with promoters. It's even, you know, with people who have influence in the music circles. You know, they write you off and say, you know, well, you're no longer in this space anymore. So do you have value? Mm -hmm. But at the same time... um. I'm actually very happy um, because for that experience because at the end of the day, I don't want to carry people with me who aren't with me anyway, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the people that I do have now are people who literally ride and die with my music yeah. because at the end of the day, um, you don't really know where you're at if you don't know how many people actually are with you. And that's the thing with social media the illusion that social media gives you that mm. Urku Pisa. Yeah. But the question is <laughs> like Urku Pisa, that's mm. the you know, that's you know the vibe and I think the disease that a lot of creators have, you know. I think recently there was this trending um story about this TikTok chick who had like one one or four million followers, I forgot the exact number, and she had her whole um meet and greet no one showed up. <laughs> no one showed up. No way. 
No on TikTok. And I'm just like, how way. did no one show up? And that's the thing. My thing is, I might not be as big as other artists. And do I want to be bigger? Sure. But I know that if I have a meet and greet for people, people I'd like want people to show up. up. <laughs> I think for sure. Yeah. Now people are going to uh, come, come through for my meet and greet. And I think I'm very appreciative of the people who actually take time to listen to my music. Mm. Because at the same time, I wouldn't say my music is not bubblegum. I think that's, I don't think that's the term to use. But I think my music is something that you need to ease into. It's not necessarily something that you're going to listen to once and say, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my jam. That's not necessarily how Tashle is built. You're going to have to sit down and listen. And sometimes I think the struggle with artists like me is that um, the commercial industry wants to microwave everything and and make you like a fast product, a a fast fix of Mm. everything. And I've come to the appreciation for myself. I'm not a fast, I'm not a fast fix. Mm. You can't make me a fast fix. That is not how my product or my talent is designed. Yeah. And I'm cool with it. So it's, it, it's whatever. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm I cool love that. I love that. And I appreciate that a lot. And I think, uh, creativity and artistry in its truest form is definitely meant to be consumed over time. Um, mm-hmm. and I think just like, for for me personally, knowing and understanding where creativity comes from, which is from God, and just him being able to create mm. the whole world, there's no way, there's no way you're going to be able to consume and appreciate the creation of the world like that. It literally takes your uh, whole absolutely. lifetime, and even then, you're not able to consume and appreciate everything that is in existence, you know? So yeah. I, I personally feel that art and creativity is not fast-paced. It's supposed to send you to another space, to another dimension that just need. It takes time. It definitely takes time. So I understand that. But unfortunately, like you're saying as well, on the flip side, is people want to be quick with it, you know. Um, and you know, <laughs> I see people dropping EPs and albums three, four, five in a year, and I'm like. <laughs> You know, I'm just, maybe people work differently. Maybe people work differently. Maybe people work differently, but I'm just like. People do. Mm. People do. But like, I I just like when you said that, I really kudos to them because for me, honestly, with this one EP, yeah, I think I'm done for the year. Like I'm giving everyone their song and their music videos. (laughs) And I'll see you in 2023. <laughs> I cannot be doing EP after EP after album after album. Sure. But no. Because for me then, what, what it comes down to is, okay, fine, you're mm-hmm. feeding the masses and you're producing this content commercially. You're hitting the numbers. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. individually, when do you get time to feed yourself? You know, when do you get time to consume? When do you get time to regenerate? When do you get time to re-energize? And then, mm-hmm. unfortunately, and I'm really like blowing this out of proportion, but then that's the reality of it is then you see people who are really successful, really big, who end mm-hmm. up doing some really crazy things. And you're like, yeah. this guy, you, you think he's got everything, you know, he, he's got all the albums, he's got all the awards, he's got all the money. And then he's just like, 
mm-hmm. committed suicide. And yet thinking, but then where did it go wrong? Yeah. You know, where, and, you know, where, I, think, I think with art or with anything, actually, just not art. But the thing is, when there's a difference when you're a human product. That's what artists are. We yeah. are the product, especially when you're a musician or an actor. You are the product. They're like, you can, as a photographer or an artist, or someone who paints and draws, you can separate yourself from the from product. Your, from the product. But from the product. You know, this is my, my picture, my painting, my canvas. Like, but you as can an, be in your room and people can still appreciate your work. But you can't separate Tahle or I don't know what other artists. You can't separate Brenner Boy from his music because Brenner Boy is the music. The music yeah. And the thing is, yeah, he is the music. You cannot consume his his art without actually taking into consideration the artist. Mm. And I think with the journey of, especially now when we're talking music on a global stage where some of these artists have, you know, these huge record labels behind them pumping money into them. You become almost like a robot, mm. you know, because at the end, as we say, music is a business. If I advance you $20 million, the thing is, people really don't think through how deep that is. I am giving you a 20, it's basically a 20 million or even plus mm. loan. And I'm saying, okay. I want you to deliver. You're basically gambling because at the end of the day, how we are not taking into consideration the fact that you've given me a $20 million advance, but maybe in my first year, I can only make a million. Maybe I don't take off in the first year, you know? And that's why we see a lot of people going to lens because it's a money thing. You know, this, this record label is going to own my master's is going to own me until I can give them $20 million back. So, like, you really need to think through these things. Like, a lot of people ask me, like, why don't you just go and be signed to, you know, a huge record label? And I'm like, because I don't want to own a no big wig $20 million. Mm. (laughs) That's too much pressure. And that's why we see a lot of, you know, musicians, especially going off the deep end, you know, I think you mentioned earlier on that, you know, some artists go through this 360 phase and most of this 360 phase is not necessarily something favorable for them. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's because money, you know, we find, especially in the space, more female artists get from, it's like sensual is something else, but then people just become overtly sexual yeah. because the narrative is that sex sells. Mm. And the label is wanting sales because they've given you money. Wow. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a dog eat dog world. I it's a dog eat dog world. It's very scary and it's very mm-hmm. real. But it's like, very. how have you done it? How have you been able to then continue making music, continuing, continue being true to yourself, uh, survive without signing to any label? Like, because uh-huh. I'm pretty sure there's people out there who then might be listening or like, you know what? I want that for myself, but your dog, it's really hard, you know? So then. It is hard. Why have you been able I, to like, do? 
it, it is hard. I think, um, honestly, diversify. Um, I'm just not a musician. I do other things. Yes, they might be in the artistic space. I'm an interior designer. I actually make content for other other people. Um, I I'm actually studying. I'm gonna be writing my exams soon. I might be a qualified business administrator if everything goes well. Right. Diversify, and I think sometimes with uh, us as creatives, what happens is we get into this lala land where we're like, you know, I just want to create, and it's all about the vibes and let it flow. This is the real world, baby. Mm. You need to put food on your table. Mm. Be smart about it. I am a hundred percent a musician, but at the, at the same time, I guess that's why I don't necessarily feel the pressure to release all the time because as much as I treat my music as a business, but because I do have multiple income streams, I have the luxury to choose when and how I want to release. Mm. And that's a freedom that a lot of musicians don't have because if you don't gig as a musician, you don't get paid. If you don't have brand endorsements, you don't eat. And, you know, that's the dilemma that people have. But it is hard because at the same time, um, you know, I'm not being funded or anything like that. You know, there are some people who have graciously come and said, you know, I support your dream. Here's some money. But between me and my mama, we're making this, you know, making it work. And it's hard. It's hard, but I wouldn't change anything for anything, any this for anything, because at the, I own my time, I own my masters, I own my music, I own my my image, and a lot of people don't see those things in the long run. They think of it in the now, mm. and they're like, you know, let me do this, let me do this, um, sign sign away my rights, sign away my image to people, and then you know the years go along. And now you want to own your image, but you sold your image and to get out of the weird, it's too, it's way too late. Mm. And I think, you know, that's what, um, I think it's actually globally, that's what happens to a lot of talent is that people sell you this dream that's larger than life. But when it gets to implementing, you then realize you're just like everybody else. There's nothing so special about you. You've signed your image. You've signed your rights. I mean, there's this story i forgot this um american rapper Mm -hmm. she was having her issues with her label and she couldn't release music she could only do mixtapes and release one minute snippets on instagram for for like two years did she know that was like that's contract when she signed it the thing is when somebody tells you you're gonna they're gonna make you a superstar yeah and you read a clause that doesn't sit right with you, you're just going to be like, you know, nah, that won't happen to me. That's the thing. It's not that some of these musicians don't see what's written in the contract, but somebody has sold you such a huge dream that you forget that you must read everything, everything, every piece of comma on that contract and make sure you understand fully what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, and like sadly, most of it, like I always say, if it wasn't for my mom, I would have probably been there too. Because I remember when I received my first uh, contract, that was the MTM contract. I was so excited. I was like, let's go with it. Oh, yeah. Inside the scene, it's paper. 
no, 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 no. She was like, we go, we're going to sit down and we're going to read it. We're mm. going to dissect it. We're going to take it to the lawyer. We're going to read it again. Yeah. And boy, was she right. Mm. <laughs> you know, not that there was anything wrong with the MTM contract, but contracts are different for everyone. And it was just making sure that when I signed the contract, I was signing something that was comfortable for me. And I think that goes for business, even outside music. Just make sure you know what you're signing, really. Yeah. I love that. I love that story, especially uh, when you talk about your mom just like holding you down and keeping you grounded. And you've mentioned it a couple of times now, and I think it's just worth being able to ask what it's like to have your mom, who's also your manager. I think it'd be also nice to ask her some questions to be like, what it's like to have a daughter and then to also manage a musician. Because does there have to be a separation? Do you guys know that there has to be a separation or it goes into the office and it's work and then it comes back home and it's really like the same thing? Like, what's it like to have your mom as your manager? To be honest, I don't know if it's healthy or unhealthy. I don't think there is a separation really. Um, <laughs> I don't think there is a separation as much as my mom is my manager. My mom takes being a mom first mm. before being my manager. Yeah. So like, uh, if my mom feels like it's a scolding time for in front of clients, she'll scold me right no. now and then because I'm her <laughs> daughter. <laughs> and it can be tough like no, 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 you could have left that talk for, yeah, like, for later <laughs> but, uh, like, I mean, but she's getting better at it though like because I'm like girl you can't be doing that yeah. right now like but but she's getting better at it um but I'm really grateful for her I mean it's not all chocolate and roses I mean also as you get older because yeah, I'm definitely now adulting and it really is hard to say because I really want to be a child forever, but I'm literally a, a, an adult. Mm. Um, I think sometimes when we grow, something that we need to not forget is that it doesn't matter how old you get, your parent is still your parent. So at 30, your parent is still your parent. And um, it's been a humbling process to still find that balance between my mom is my mom regardless and not to cross those lines. Even if I feel like maybe she's conducted my business in a way that I'm not happy with, mm. to be able to talk about it in a way that's respectful and vice mm. versa as well, as much as I'm, she also has that respect for me. So it's been, it's been a learning, you know, curve. Yeah, mm. but my mom will scold me anywhere, anyhow. Like, you do not want to mess with Mrs. Tibara. I love that. I'm glad you found that. Uh, because, I mean, I mean, again, it's different for everybody, but then having to meet someone else, having to build trust. I, I mean, you know your mom and your mom knows you and no one knows you better than your mom, you know, uh, yeah. which I think is a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think, you know, I think also, um, I don't think I would change management ever, mm. regardless of how, you know, the relationship is, because I know my mama ain't going to steal from me. So, <laughs> <laughs> love that. <laughs> you won't steal from me. I think over the years, a lot of people have asked, like, why, why, why are you still with your mama? Why are you still? Because she understands me, um, other than the money thing. Um, 
the manager and artist relationship is one that people take for granted. I've seen a lot of people um, get managers who don't understand them as a brand. There's one thing of seeing somebody or seeing a product and saying, you know, this product can do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. But if you don't take the time to actually ask a person, what do you want for yourself? Um, you drive someone in the wrong direction. Yeah. And I think that's what people don't understand about the manager relationship. I always laugh because people will be in my DMs, different promoters, different whatever they call themselves. Like, let me manage you. And I'm like, what do you understand about me? Who do you, where do you know me from? Do you know what I want to achieve? You know, a lot of people think that all of us artists just want to be big stars at any cost, doing everything. I'm very picky and people sometimes quite hard to work with because I just don't do everything. You know, mm. I'm not perfect, but I just don't do everything. Yeah. And I'm like, honey, you can't like, my, my mama even struggles with me sometimes. You will not be able to handle me. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you want to manage me? Are you sure about that? I, I love that. I love that. You sure? Um, you know. You are resolute. Like you're saying, yeah. a lot of people will do yeah. anything at any cost to to make it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, for you, you're very straight. You know what it is that you want. Uh, and you're not wavering yeah. left or right with that, which I think is, is such a beautiful thing. But you also mentioned something interesting is about some things I won't do. Now, how difficult has it been now mm-hmm. for you uh, to be able then to to have to have said no to certain things, uh, but that could have potentially, uh, in the grand scheme of things, like quote unquote mm-hmm. blown you up. But uh, for yourself mm-hmm. personally, what you believe in and your morals and etc. etc. You just had to say no, and then the reaction from people as well. When you say no to things mm-hmm. that they think are that everybody's doing it, you know. I think you know what I have really discovered. Just as the principle, as you grow older, do you like mm-hmm. literally? Do you? I used to like when I was younger, like in my teens or in my early early twenties, want to always please people, and I found that I stayed longer in situations that weren't benefiting me so I could please other people or mm. to create this um, perception that fire. Mm. if you don't put food on my table, you don't have a say in my life. Literally, like if you don't put food on my table, you can think what you want. I think, and I think my mom has gotten to this point where she knows with me, I'm the type of person who won't fight you. I will agree to everything you say and I'll go and do my own thing. Don't fight with people. People are entitled to their own opinion and mm. you're also entitled to not give a dodias about it. <laughs> so, yeah, it is what it is. Um, yeah, for me, that's literally how, how I think. Because, you know, mental health is also a really huge thing. I think there was a part where people thought I was at my highest in terms of where I was musically, but I was 
at the height of depression. I was miserable. I was so miserable. And when I left certain situations, I haven't been, I've been so happy. Like it is what it is. So if you don't put food on my table, you definitely know I ain't listening to you. Boo. <laughs> and it's true, man. Like, um, and I, 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 I'd be surprised if someone has lived life and have said, They've never been in a situation where they've tried to please everybody. Because I think as human beings, uh, mm. we want to be a part of something. We want to be a part of something that matters. We want to be valued. Yeah. So it's very easy then, especially, and I was talking about it earlier, this thing of like niching and finding uh, one thing to focus on. It's like, what's trending? You know, let's do that. Um, but mm-hmm. like you're saying, man, even when you pick a niche, even when you pick something that's trending, even if you pick something that people like, I can guarantee mm-hmm. you there's going to be at least one person who's going to speak dirt on that thing. So you cannot. It is what it everybody. is. So don't try to. Don't try to. You cannot please everybody. So it's not worth it. Like you're saying as well for your mental health. Um, mm-hmm. it, it does so much more damage than you can imagine. It does. Do it really does. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm very interested to know about a younger you, you know, uh, you talk about growing up and, and family and, and roots, and things like that. But what was it like for you growing up? Uh, was music always a thing that was a part of your life ever since you were a young individual? And was this something that you always wanted to do? Absolutely. Um, music, I think <laughs> I've, I've been singing since I was like three. Shucks. And yeah, I've been wow. singing since I was three. My mom is an amazing musician herself. So we've been singing since, since the womb. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> like music was, was, was my day to day, is my day to day. I think uh, music is me. I am music. And it's such an, uh, it's such a creative thing to say, like, I'm one with my art. Like, yes. So cliche. It, it, is, it really is cliche, but it really is what it is. Um, I think. The first um, musical exam, though, that I did was, um, when was it? Like, I think grade six. Because I used to just sing because I loved to sing. But I think around the age of 11, 12, when I did my first vocal exam and I got out with my first honors, it was my first vocal exam. I got my first distinction the first time I went in for my vocal exam. I was like, oh man, I can sing so <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, I actually wasn't conscious of the fact that I could sing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was just like, yeah, and you know, Farida Queen, but you know, I love to sing, you know, it's my thing. But when I you know, saw an audience really come through for me and moved with my performance, I was like, oh so. I'm actually talented, and I think that was look through that, okay. That was that was my my turnaround, and I think in high school I would always laugh because deep down I knew, yes, I'm in high school, and the expectation is like I'm just gonna jump into university because you know every time you'd have those career sessions. I know you do about you know about career sessions. I'm sitting there, I'm just like I'm gonna be singing, but I'm gonna say nothing about it. Like, I'm going to be singing, but like, you know, the PR answer, you know, in high school would be, I want to be a journalist, but I'm going to sing. 
<laughs> I want to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, knew, I like it. Yeah. And it yeah. happened so naturally for me. Like, it's such a beautiful just, thing to be able to yeah. grow up knowing and never changing and having this thing you're so passionate about. If I can mm. tell you how many times I've changed what I wanted to do. <laughs> but I think I think you found such a beautiful thing, uh, not just in music, uh, being naturally good at it and knowing what you want to do, but also in having an intense support system that supports it in, in oh. terms of your mom. Because that brings oh. me to another issue, which is um, creativity or anything remotely creative you know I'm, I'm talking about even being a chef you know being an artist being a sculptor being a dancer anything remotely creative not being seen as a viable career um globally for a very long time it's student things or you're a doctor or you're an engineer you know so having a mom who understood what you were passionate about but not just understood mm. but was supportive about it that's golden you know yeah golden. it is um, but do you think that that's changing? You know, people viewing creativity as a viable career option. Um, do you think it's changing or it's going to change or it has to change or things are fine the way they are? I think things are changing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, we are now in the, you know, digital era for sure. And, you know, it's power to the content creator and the content creator is the artist, Jay. You'll find even on this side, um, your corporates are now literally getting artistic um, input in the things that they do because Mm. without art, it's really hard to gauge an audience now. You know, people are not talking stiff anymore. You know, people also want to have vibes at work and in their products. So if you want vibes, bring the artist along and the artist will give you vibes. But at the same time, I think, you know, as far as my experience and what I'm seeing in Zimbabwe, Mm -hmm. I think we have a long way to go. Um, I also think it's just, you know, the other connotations that come with being an artist, especially if you are a female artist in whatever industry you are in the reality is people just think it's for the promiscuous and Mm. the crazy ones but i always laugh and i say i always use this example and i was like fine if i'm an artist and you think that i'm so promiscuous why is that 60 percent of you know your first year girls get pregnant in university if you know i am promiscuous based on you know my profession or the reality is that promiscuity is for everyone you know Mm. it can happen to anyone and I think it's that unplaced fear that you know has like parents have this reluctancy to allow their children to pursue their artistic dream but on the other hand I would say you know especially in the art space, it's a hard space to navigate. There are more sharks and they are allowed to be there. You know, in the corporate Mm. world, you can't necessarily have predatory behavior out in the open. But in the art space, there are predators, you know, Mm. and there are people who conduct themselves in, in a very not nice manner. 
And I would say that um, it's not about telling your children they can't, but rather supporting your children through it. Because at the end of the day, it will catch up with you anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, these mm-hmm. you can't you can't avoid problems mm-hmm. like that. They'll catch up with you anyway. You know, we've had situations even in the corporate world where you know people are conducting themselves in an unprofessional manner and doing things that shouldn't be done. It's there everywhere. You know, people will try and get up people's skirts and get through people's lips. That is what it is. There are people like that everywhere. It's just not an art thing. You know, artists are not born from the womb Mm. wanting things. (laughs) We're not like that. We're not like that. I like that. Um, Especially what you mentioned about not, I guess, not stopping them from being there because of these fears, but more, I guess, supporting them and mm. educating them about how to deal with situations when they're in them. Because like you're saying, say you stop them from being an artist, from being a creative, from being in the limelight, and they end up in a corporate space. Like you're saying, it's mm. there as well. But because you've shield, you think you've shielded them from this world and not necessarily yeah. taught them how to deal with it. When they do find it in a space, you thought they wouldn't, uh, end up finding these things. They don't know how to deal with it, you know? <laughs> So I think yeah. uh, the the aim or the mission is to do more educating. Uh, it's one thing to say no, but tell me why you're saying no, at least, you know, like, let me know what your fears are and teach me how mm-hmm. to deal with situations moving forward. So mm-hmm. I like that and I appreciate yeah. you uh, sharing, sharing that a lot. It's something that I haven't heard anyone actually say. And I've asked that question a couple of times. So you learn something new. And I like that. Um, but what are you most creatively proud of when you look at your career, when you look at everything you've done, either commercially or not commercially, just you yourself personally? What are you most creatively proud of? Um, I think for me, my highlight is definitely so far. Um, 2018, I was a lead um, actress for a, for a theater performance called Bonire. Uh, and that theater production actually won a, a NAMA in 2019. Um, a NAMA is the National Art Merit Awards so for Zimbabwe, which is basically, as far as Zim awards go, it's, you know, the biggest award that anyone can receive uh, in your artistic discipline so i'm i'm very proud of that and having the opportunity to also perform alongside um hope masike as well because she's literally a legend you know and you know and Gemma griffiths as well you know we were three lead actresses for that um so i'm very i think for me that's my highlight as well, because um, I've always wanted to try my hand with acting and theater, but I actually don't know why in high school I never did it. I'm not going to say I think my drama department sucked. Because <laughs> I think you said it without saying it. <laughs> because someone is going to come for me. <laughs> Should I have said it? But it's all love. Ah, it's all love. It's really all love. <laughs> It's really old. No, I don't. I don't know. 
I wasn't drawn to it in high school, in high mm. school, to be honest. But I was in drama in primary school. So I don't know what happened there. What happened in high school there? <laughs> I don't know, guys. I just, maybe it, maybe it did suck. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, for me, like for me, I don't know. Like drama in high school, just no. It it didn't. It wasn't it. What do these millennials say these days? It wasn't giving. (laughs) It wasn't giving. I'm trying to think if I remember any drama presentations in high school. Like if I can recall. If you have to think so much about it, then there's it's a problem. It's okay. No, but that's beautiful. I think I like um, that you're a diverse individual. And I, I don't know how many people feel about this, but I think that everybody has some form of creative element within them. And it's it, it doesn't have to be super commercialized. It doesn't have to be super broadcasted. But I'm talking creativity in terms of just like being able to encourage someone who's feeling down, finding different mm-hmm. and new ways to encourage somebody. Um, so mm-hmm. because of where we come from and who created us, you know, centrally, mm-hmm. his insane list, in, insane creativity, I think we all have some kind of uh, creative juice flowing within us. Uh, and yeah, then, we are all creative. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just being able to see you express it in so many different ways is such a beautiful thing. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it comes back full circle to what you're talking about is that it gives you so much power as well to tap into so many different things, to tap into people who are into drama, to tap into people who are into music, to tap into people who are into architecture. Um, so I think for you, do you feel pressure to conduct yourself in a certain way? Because there's so many people looking at you, so many people you can possibly influence. And then it's just like, I need to make sure that I do the right thing. I say the right thing. Um, because I could easily not and affect mm-hmm, people's mm-hmm. lives. Um, I wouldn't say I feel a pressure per se, but I understand that um, I need to conduct myself in a way that it cannot be misconstrued as anything else. Okay. But whilst saying that, um, I am, I do not nitpick at my, at who I am, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like at the same time, as much as people do look up to me, I'm not going to live um, a half-baked life because I am trying to live up to an expectation. Yeah, and I think it just needs to be held in, 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 in balance. I love to have fun and I'll go out and I'll dance. like. That's me. And like, if you feel some type of way about it, I'm, I'm, I apologize that you feel that way. Um, my, my intention is not to offend, but at the same time, I'm not apologizing because I am living my life. And I think sometimes, um, people have unrealistic expectations of people. Um, and I always, for me in my journey, I've always tried to emphasize that I'm a normal human being and I am not perfect and I will make mistakes. If you're looking for perfection from me, you won't get it. But if you're looking for truth, you'll find it. It means um, 
And when I talk about sleep, it means you see me at my highest, you might see me at my lowest, you might see me mess up. And I think that's the sad, I think that's the sad thing also about being in the public eye is that people tend to scrutinize you and to pick at you as if they don't go through the same things. The only difference between me and you is you have the choice um, to, 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 to hide certain things from the public. But I don't have that choice because the public takes whatever they want to take from me. I can't necessarily hide anything because for some reason, sadly, when you're now in the public eye, even if you don't give off that information voluntarily, they feel like, oh, because you're a so-called celebrity. I hate that word, by the way. <laughs> celebrity. Um, it means that I can open the door to your house and just take whatever I want because mm-hmm. you're a celebrity. And that's how people treat you. So um, to save myself from that headache, hey guys, thank you on my journey. I'm going to mess up and I hope you stick it through. And if you can't, I'm sorry, but it is what it is. I don't want to give myself that pressure of being perfect. I am not. I really am not. So no. It's it's a good start. It's a good mindset that you have because now, unfortunately, uh, and this part of it, you can't control. It's that... Uh, and we've seen it, we've seen it happening. It's the fact that people start to elevate people, uh, in this, in limelights to be some kind of higher power, you know, almost, you know, (laughs) what they say goes and they can't do no wrong. And if they do, it's just like fire, fire, fire on them, you know, so it's, it's unfortunate and we can't control it. Um, but I like that you are able in your mind to know that I can't let that affect me. You, you can't, no, I can't. You can't let it affect you, man. Uh, and mm. it's something we've already spoken about. People are always going to have opinions. You can't please everybody. Uh, and you, you need to stay true to yourself um, no matter what, you know. Um, Absolutely. You've spoken a little bit about uh, some of the people you've enjoyed working with. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to ask who you've enjoyed working with the most. <laughs> I don't know if that's something you want to talk about, but I do want to know who you would love to work with. Like some people you look up to, just even in general. Like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. I think as far as who did I enjoy working with, like the most. To be honest, I, I think. I've just equally enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I haven't yet come across, you know, um, one like yeah. that. Yeah. Just, just so amazing. Oh. Like, oh yeah. my God. No, but I'm very, and no, not yet at yeah. least, but I'm very appreciative. Like even from, you know, your job praiser, your excuse, uh, your hope, messages, your gemmas. Um, yeah, it's been, uh, oh yeah. And talky vibes. Let me not forget. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's been dope mm-hmm. but as far as who i want to collaborate with it's it's a it's a list that's getting longer and longer and mm-hmm. longer but from the time i had zimbabwe i really do want to do a song with winky d mm-hmm. um not because he's winky d but because i like to push my boundaries i think mm-hmm. i always give the example of the song that i did with talky vibes 
Um, I think when you're pushed out of your comfort zone, that's when you actually create the best music mm. because you're no longer comfortable. Mm-hmm. And creating with Talkie was, it challenged me so much. I was like, how do I create something that um, speaks into me, but also appeals to his audience? Yeah. And I think we found it. And I think if I do get the opportunity and Winky D does give me that honor to collaborate with him, I think it's going to be fireworks. Um, I did want to, I mean, I think every Zimbabwean wanted to really collaborate with Soldier Love, but I guess, you know, that opportunity is, you know, it's not there anymore. And may he rest in peace. I think he was a maverick of all sorts. And then regionally, internationally, I mean, I know it's cliche, but yes, I do want to collaborate with the African giant Brenner boy, but I mean, wish for thinking, but I, I'll just put it out there. No such thing. If your dreams aren't scary, then they're not big enough. So it's Absolutely. good. Let's go for it. So, yeah. And then there's Thames. Thames as well. I love Thames. Mm, like, oh, yeah. I think that's dope. And then Angelique Kijo. I I don't know if people know Angelique Kijo, but Angelique Kijo is literally same level with your Salif Kaitas, your um even your I would say your fella Kutis and stuff like that. Ooh. Like she's legend material. Uh Miniola, I love Miniola a lot. I know it's people be rolling their eyes, but yeah, Adele, I would like Adele doesn't, Adele's never collaborated with anyone, to be honest. So this is just me, you know, speaking a lot of hot air. Like, <laughs> yeah, I would like to collaborate with Adele, but Adele doesn't even collaborate. She doesn't even collaborate. She's, Adele has never featured on anyone. Why does she do that? I don't know, man. Like, but. I guess if I was Adele and I could like make music on my own, I would do it too. Like, collaborations can be scary. They can be very scary. Yeah. Who else? Uh, yes, a uh, black coffee. Uh, black coffee. Do you know black coffee? Black coffee. Black coffee. So that's black, black coffee. Yeah, black coffee. And yeah, literally. Um, David Guetta. Uh, I know if this is gonna shock people, but yes. Uh, Dua Lipa, yes, I would love to collaborate. For real? The thing is, the thing is, my mind works like this though. You know how wide this range you've just listened. Literally, so different. Like I laugh laugh because I love creating different sounds. So when you're listening to Dua Lipa as Dua Lipa, I'm like, no, 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 bring her to me. And we're gonna Africanize her. And I'm gonna give her back to you. And you're gonna be playing my steps kumchato with you. Watch this. Watch this face. I love that. So yeah, I think that that's it. Oh yes, and let me not forget, uh, here on this side as well, this band called Mokumba as well. I would love Mm -hmm. to collaborate with them as well. Yeah, and I think. For now, that's it. But it's a growing list, for sure. I love uh, how big the list is. I love how diverse it is. But I also love that it's not limited. And you said there's space for it to grow. Um, and I think on the grand scheme of things, it's very easy to uh, try to do anything, to set your mind to anything, and then feel like you've done enough. 
And I, I always feel, I always feel that we were not made that way. We were just not made to consume to a point we've had enough or I've done enough. There's always room to learn. Mm. There's always room to grow. And there's always room to be better. Um, mm. So just like you didn't even mention that, but just like listening to you speak about your list and then say, you know, there's room for more and there's going to be more. Mm. Just help me remind that this life is, is a constant learning journey. Uh, creativity mm. is also a constant learning journey. You can live a really Absolutely. You know, you can always be better. You can always learn from other people as well. And I, I love that you are open to collaboration uh, mm. because I think there's so much to be learned, not just musically, but in meeting mm-hmm. people and just like being able to tap into their minds and like, this mm. is how you really are behind the music. No way, you know. Um, it helps you appreciate an individual um, so, so much more. Um, but if you were like to go back, to a younger year before jumping mm-hmm. into the industry, before actually deciding to pursue this, what would you tell yourself to look out for? Things that you've learned now, things that you've experienced now, things that you weren't aware of and you're like, hey, yo, let me tell you, this is what this space is like. Watch out for this. Um, I think I told myself, don't buy into the pressure. You know, people people like to make you feel like you're running out of time, you know? <laughs> like, social they really like to make... Sucks. Yeah, the, there's the social media component, and then there are also people who just ill-advise you, you know? Mm. Like, make you feel like, you know, I'm running out of time. And, you know, if... You know, there's this fa- phrase that, you know, especially in the Zimbabwe Twitter and Instagram uh, uh, um, streets that's going on, you know, it's like Shirino Zongofa and well, Kupera, you mm. know, meaning that like, like if you miss your moment now, you never get it like back, wow. you know. And I've just unsubscribed to that because at the end of the day, I'm an evolving human being, mm. and you cannot put a timestamp on when I will finish evolving. And what people don't understand, um, especially when they look at musicians and just generally artists, is that it's different from being in a college job where I'm just expected to give input and output because as I evolve as a person, like take away the music, just me with my spiritual journey, my mental journey, physically, emotionally, my music evolves with me, Mm. you know? And there are some times where I'm going to have to sit back and not buy into the pressure to allow myself to then give um, my audience and the people who hum- uh, humble me, you know, every day by listening to my music, something worth listening to. Yeah. And you can't do that when you are trying to, you know, move with the trends every five seconds. Yeah. It, it just doesn't work, you know. Mm don't bind the pressure i would definitely say that like literally <laughs> out the gates don't don't bind the pressure it doesn't exist what what is pressure what is yeah. pressure i would definitely tell what? myself the same thing um yeah i think uh and for me it's more on a social media components um and of course ill advice mm-hmm. as well again yeah social media because I, I never had people around me directly who 
knew and understood what it is that I was into creatively besides my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I tried to find or learn a lot from the internet. And there was so much oh, advice, you know, there was so much pressure to do things in a certain way. Um, but also to do what everybody else is doing, you know, um, kind of just like seeing where so-and-so is in their journey and wanting to be there immediately today. But the journey, uh-huh. it's, it's a long one uh, and it takes time. Um, so I, I definitely would tell myself something very similar and just to run my own race. I have my own race. I've got my own race. Absolutely. I think um, for everyone, actually. You know. mm. I've got my own race. I've got my own lane. I just need to focus on my hurdle. Uh, I need to focus on my challenge uh, and getting over that and then growing from it. But uh, I thoroughly appreciate you coming on the podcast. I think Thank you. Uh, Thank it's you. been such a pleasure. It's been such an honor. And I, it feels like I could have asked so many questions. And I actually could have asked so many questions, but I don't want to make it too long as well. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I think it would be nice to have you on again. Um, after Absolutely. Thank you. It was so much fun. Collaborating with Dua Lipa. And then she's like asking me how you did that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, always uh, tell, I always tell people, um, and they come up to me and say, oh, you're such a celebrity now. And I was like, no, no, my dreams are so big. When I when 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 I collaborate with some of these people, I'll literally bring you up and tell you, no, no, no. Remember when you told me I'm a celebrity? Well, I'm a celebrity no. now. <laughs> no. I'm now, now, I, now I'm a celebrity. Now, for real. Now I'm a celebrity. For real, for real. <laughs> like, I love friend, that. I, I love your journey, uh, which I've been following, and I follow a lot of Zimbabwean creative journeys, even from afar. <laughs> Just watching and seeing what they do, full support, full prayers all the way. So I'm like excited to see what you're working on and what it is that you're going to do. Uh, it's some definitely like exciting times ahead. So we're ready. Thank for you it. so much. Yeah. yeah. And before we wrap up, got five questions. Uh-huh. I always, I've started doing as asking would you rather questions, which I okay, okay. dig up from the internet. Some of them I conjure up in my crazy mind. But it's just to okay. sort of try to understand how a person thinks, uh, get to know them a little bit better, uh, more relaxed. More okay. So the first one is, would you rather have a successful podcast or a successful YouTube channel? I would podcast. Why? Mm-hmm. Should I say why? Yeah. I, yeah. I think with YouTube, it's like you're held at the mercy of you know, algorithms and the platform itself, you know, and the reality with, you know, your YouTubes, your Instagram, your Twitters is that behind the scenes, they control which, which creative or what content gets seen and pushed out. But when I have a podcast, it means that it's my people. I decide when and how and what space, mm-hmm. you know, they view me, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's my platform. It's mine. So podcast i love yeah, that definitely uh just for interesting if you were to have a podcast what would it be about you know what i think i'll talk about everything and anything that has to do with social social life i think that's a space that a lot of us growing up didn't have conversations about and a lot of us 
can't have these conversations with our parents, you know, mm-hmm. things from dating, marriage, spirituality, sex, even, mm-hmm. you know, um, some of us aren't fortunate to actually have conversations with our parents about it. And I think also as peers, we also ill advise each other a lot about certain things. And it's, I think you learn better when you hear somebody who's gone through the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, something about life, social life. Yeah. It's like you, you all, you've got that one figured out. You might just want to start a podcast sometime soon. Uh, just remember to put credits for me as well, you know? Right, <laughs> inspired by. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm Don't worry. Um, so the next one is, would you rather watch a movie with no snacks or have any snacks you want watching this movie, but the volume is always, always going to be either too low or too loud? You mean the snacks? We can figure it out. Really? Give me the- yeah. Are you watching Man, the movie give me the snacks. here? Nah, come on. It's one it's hour too- of no food. One hour of no food. For real. You, is it too low? Like, too low. Not inaudible, but too low. You know? So you I can't be living of going to a movie house, honestly, and just sitting there watching Doctor Strange with nothing We've in my mouth. We've all been to a movie and actually not had snacks. Like, at least once. Yeah, like when I was a baby. <laughs> but as an adult, as an that's adult. not my jam. No. Okay, that's so not, as an adult, we cannot actually pay for my own movie. Let's go. I'm going to pay for my own snacks. I was <laughs> under duress back in the day when I was 15, 16, where I thought, you know, I loved this guy and I had to like, you know, Beauty. deal with his allowance money and say, oh, I'm going on a date. With no snacks? No. Not today. Not in this day and age. We're too old Not for that. from me. <laughs> no. Okay, Some here's snacks. the next one. Um, would you rather wear a wedding dress every day of your life? Or have to That's already no, but let's go. Or have to high five right. everyone you meet. So everyone you meet. Oh, hell no. I wear a wedding dress. No. <laughs> <laughs> you see that? Like. Oh no! Imagine, everyone I need. Imagine, imagine all. It's, it's no, I'll be a wedding dress. That's imagine, cringe still. Imagine your graduation, and you're getting your degree, and instead of a handshake, <laughs> like it's cringe though. But like, I can't high five everyone. Everyone right. needs is a high five. No, and like, and it's not even about. It's not even about like the actual high fiving, but like there are like dirty people out there, and I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> like you can't just be like touching people, hey? You were so quick to be like, uh, nope, not the wedding dress, not the wedding dress, and then you heard the high five. <laughs> no, 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 but no, I'll end it. And the thing with wedding dresses these days, though, like they have a little bit of character, so I can switch it up and maybe wear a short. White wedding dress to my, you know. I wasn't specific with that one, days, was I? It can be yeah. any oh, snap. Okay. Sure. Yeah, so I, I won't be looking too crazy in the street. Okay. okay. Yeah, because I can switch it up, hey. And then I need to change that question for the future. I'm going to be the same yeah, wedding are. dress every day of your life. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, we've got two more. Um, okay. Would you rather live without the internet or live without AC and heating? As a Zimbabwean, I think I already know what you're going to say. I have. I need the internet, guys. I don't want to lie. I grew up with no AC or heating. Like I don't like. I, at first, I actually had to think like, what is AC? Because this is a <laughs> <Air> bubble. <conditioning. laughs> yeah, windows. Yeah, in winter, our school didn't have ACs. We what opened windows in winter. What so what is that? We had and blankets. I mean with heat. What is heating? We have water bottles and stuff. That's what we know. Mm-hmm. So I can survive. But the yes. internet? Uh, no. Uh, I can survive with the internet, but I mm-hmm. not with the other stuff. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'll take the internet. You'll take the internet. All right. Uh, we've got one more. Would you rather uh-huh. be an amazing painter or a brilliant mathematician? You know what? I'll say brilliant mathematician because I sucked at maths. So that would be like a dream come true. I wasn't good at maths at all. Like, so yeah, a a brilliant mathematician just to know how it feels like to be a walking calculator. I want to know because I I don't know how that feels. Like, I don't know. I will never know. Huh? Can you paint? Have you tried painting? Can well, I think I'm a pretty good painter because in my art class, Form 2, my guy, the, what was his name? His, his name. What uh, was his name? Mr. Glenn. I can see his face. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. His name was Mr. Glenn. He told me that my drawing is pathetic, but if they had painting classes or whatever, painting examinations, he would, he would have let me sit to paint. So I think maybe I can paint. Or maybe he was just trying to tell me I suck. I don't know. The word pathetic. Hey. Yeah, he said I'm a it's pathetic. It's a bit harsh, man. eh? <laughs> yeah. He it's said I'm You know, I used to like, he used to put like these, um, like he would put like a ball in, in, in the center of the stage. I, I mean, of the table. And I would be crying from laughter because what was on my on paper, paper and what I was thinking, what two different things. And I really thought, in my heart, I actually thought I could draw. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what happened. But anyway, it's cool. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it, it is. is. Now, I appreciate yeah. you being here once again. It's, it's been a fantastic pleasure. Uh, that's Thank all you. I have for today. Um, after trying for so long to have it, we finally done it, and I'm glad that we have. Yay! I really yeah. can't wait to do it again. Thank you so much, Robin. It's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you so much for having me, Lisa.